second Scouser podcast. With me tonight, I've got Jamie, I've got Huge, and I've got Noctis, I've got Gordon. How are we, lads? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> uh, just having a bit of a laugh here, guys, because I did start the podcast and introduced the wrong person who's not in this call, so... You know, it's been one of those days. That's what happens when the Reds are not being playing for like 12 days. It absolutely breaks me. But um, huge man, I'll come to you, mate. Is it great to have Liverpool back after that treacherous international break? Um, yeah, it is. Um, it's nice to be able to watch semi-decent semi football after what the U.S. did um, in every few matches. I don't, that's that's a whole other issue and a whole other topic. But uh, mm-hmm. No, it's great to be back. Um, we have a pretty big match against a mid to lower level table team. Um, so let's take care of business and put them one step closer to uh, relegation. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I, I take his point about relegation. I know it's kind of a joke there, Jay. Uh, I'm sure we'll get on to that a bit later. But, Jamie, this is still the biggest game in the world, isn't it? <sighs> As, you know, there there was that um, fact or stat or made-up stat, who knows, going around a couple of years ago that it's the most watched sporting event in in sport in the world, mm-hmm. like something like eight hundred and seventy million, which is that's hard to believe, but um, it's it's the biggest game in, well, certainly in England anyway. I yeah. God, I think it's the biggest game in the world, mate. There's just two Goliaths, let's say, of football clubs. Um, you know, what is it now? 38 league titles between us, nine European Cups. Um, this is whether we might, we'll get on to how Man United are playing, but whether or not they're playing well or not, this is still the biggest game in the world, surely. Oh, yeah, hands down. I mean, if you think about all the great great games that they've had. Oh, even when both of them were sort of teetering on, uh, I don't want to say irrelevant, but they just weren't where they should have been in the upper echelons of, of world football. And I mean, some of those battles that we witnessed, I mean, the amount of red cards, I mean, God, do I wish that Vidic was still playing today because <laughs> we could probably use a, use one of those uh, red cards that he always used to get when we played. But I mean, Steven Gerrard kissing the, Kissing the uh, the, the camera, camera and the touchline. I mean, some of the the best moments as a Liverpool supporter, you have to to trace back to uh, Liverpool United. So, and both teams have such like a titanic reach, like globally, that you know, in every country you go to, you go abroad, and you, you wear a Liverpool shirt, and somebody's always pointing out and saying, you know, giving you a thumbs up or whatever, and you don't even speak the same language, so. I think that these two teams have, have really embraced this this new style of football in the last 20 years where it's it's so much more than just what you do on the field and it's, it's how you sell yourself in, in other countries. And I know that both Liverpool and Man United every once in a while uh, over the summers will will do an Asia tour even and, and they'll pack houses out there, like 100,000. Mm-hmm. I think one of the... Um, was it a cricket ground in, in Australia? It was like 125,000 yeah. or something. I think it was Melbourne, one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The MCG, yeah. 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 One of the best renditions of You'll Never Walk Alone Ever. So I, I think that, uh, I, I got to be honest, it, it's an astounding stat, but I, you can't help but think that it's true. 
Mm. That 900 million one? Yeah. The Gordon's point, you know, when they came to the States last year, they sold out Michigan Stadium, which holds 107,000, 108,000 people. And and I was there, and every seat was full. And you would think, you know, for a summer-friendly, you know, maybe you'd have 75,000, 80,000, but it was a packed house, and it was – it was unreal just to watch this, you know, because you have your, your young guys. Like, our, so I think um, a lot of their players were still away. We had some of our bigger names back. Yeah. But it was, you know, just to see that, like, in the game in July, you know, 110,000 people in Michigan Stadium, just to see, like, just to see the two teams play against each other. Yeah, I think it's a, it's really interesting, actually, you say that, because the only one that's kind of comparable is kind of Barca Real. You can have, have a conversation about Boca Juniors River Plate. Um, but I don't think the outreach, Jamie, of these two football clubs, you kind of forget sometimes, especially myself, I'm, I'm from the city. And when I, when I come over here, you know Liverpool are big. When you, like, a lot of, if there's a lot of a big Liverpool following in the US, of course, which we know about communicating through Facebook and people like that, you kind of get in your own little bubble where you're from. And then when you actually move over to like a different country and you see how the global aspect of how big these football clubs are, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, man, it's 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 mental when you think about it. Like, so let let's just say that nine hundred million's true. What what's the rest of the population of the entire world doing when the game's on? <laughs> you know, like seriously, that's ridiculous. That so anyway, if it is true, that's unbelievable. I can't wrap my head around it, but. Uh, you know, you talk about the the reach in America. You know, when the players came over to America, they were like, "Yeah, you know, we we all knew Liverpool was big, but you come over to places like Melbourne or you come to America, you realize just how big it is. It, it's crazy. You know, the the outreach is is fantastic. But uh, I just wanted a little mention there to what Gordon was saying about the old the old games. You know, the the yeah. the memories that'll live long. You know. Gerard kissing kissing the uh, camera after he scored the penalty where where Tevez is pointing to the left. He's pointing to the yeah. left, he keeps pointing to the left and he puts it in the bottom right. You know <laughs> I John Arnarisa, his free kick against United, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Risa breaking uh leg. breaking oh, Smudge's no. leg. Yeah. You know, the FA Cup final where they won um Cantona. Yeah. Coit's hat trick. It, I was there you know, then. Yeah. You were there for Coit's hat trick. I tell you what happened, mate. Right, a little golf. We'll go off topic a little bit. Got a ticket last minute, um, in the main stand on the old wooden chairs. The, the game was an hour twelve kickoff in the UK, so the pubs open for about eight am. Before you know, it's half nine in the morning. We're on Jaeger bombs consistently. <laughs> mate, I start, I'm, me and my brother are staggering the ground with all the lads. Liverpool go soon the up in the first half. Out. I think it's the one where Nanny backheaders it to Cout, I think. And Cout knocks it in for 2-0. I'm bouncing on my chair in the main stand. The chair breaks, snaps. I go haywire and fell four rows in front of me. <laughs> so, I'm fucking like... I think I landed on like a 65-year-old man. I could have killed him. But, um, <laughs> I'd have taken that fucking chair home with me. Mate, I swear to God, mate. I stood up, my chair snapped. The guy in front of me went, I'll give you £300 cash for the chair. I went, I can't, mate. I went, it's been here for like 110 years. And there's some drunk arsehole who's just snapped it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what that seat seen, mate? It's seen a lot more than me. So I went, I can't, mate. No, so I left it. we left the chair there. I had to kneel down. 
for 45 minutes in the fucking second half. I couldn't wait when Liverpool had the chance so I could stand up, so I could just stretch <laughs> my legs. <laughs> unbelievable game, but that's so what you're memory, saying was you, know, you kneeling down in the second half. You were yeah. you were just praying for quite hat trick. Oh, mate, I was praying for anything. Literally, even though United attacked, so I could just stand up a little bit or like <laughs> a, a corner because my knees were killing me. I ripped all my jeans. I went into town anyway and got in the next day. But you know, they're the kind of memories that do kind of live long. Is these kind of massive wins? You know, I always my favourite United one when I was growing up was the bear. Danny Murphy free kick. Oh, stop. 23 in the yards white, out. In the white kit. Yeah, yep. the, yeah the technique. long sleeves. That's it. That's it, man. Yeah, the, the technique to me looks like he should never go in. Looks like he just chipped it over the wall. It just ends up going in. It's just perfect. And, you know, I, that was me when I was a kid. That white kit. I had the white kit. I Gary had McCallister that one too on with the, the long sleeves. Yeah, man. I got him McAllister on the back. Uh, the first I think I had Hammer on, you know. Did you? Yeah, like, look. I was only like 10, 11, and my idol was Gary McAllister. Like, he was me. That's what dragged me into football, the derby goal, and not this season's. And I went to a, a boxing match. Um, Jamie will know a guy called Carl Frotch. He fought George yeah. Groves at Wembley. Yeah. And, uh, I had you were there, tickets. too? Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I, I had Club Wembley tickets with, like, a VIP area, so, like, a free bar and things. And I sat down, uh, and this guy went in front of me, had my accent, and I said, oh, you're from Liverpool? And, yeah, you're a Liverpool fan? I went, yeah, Gary McAllister's sitting over there. I went, fuck off, mate. Fuck off. And I swear to God, Gary McAllister, I went, fuck off, mate. And he's like, no, seriously, he's sitting over there, man. Lad, if you're lying to me, I'll fucking knock it out. <laughs> you could have said anyone. You could have said Gerard. I wouldn't have been that bothered, but Gary McAllister was everything to me. So I swear to God, I got the photo somewhere. And um, I go, go ahead, I'll go over. Gary McAllister's there, mate. He's in the row below me. I went, oh, Gary, can I have a photo? And he's like, yeah, of course you can. I'm like, right, I'm pissed at this. I'm so drunk, guys, by the way, really drunk. And I go, Gary, I just want to say thank you for that Everton goal, you know. <laughs> thank you. And he had, he had, oh man, he said, no, you know, he said, the only fans who ever come up to me are only Liverpool fans and all he wanted to talk about is the Everton goal. <laughs> he said, that's all he wanted to talk about. How did, how did, the, Gary. How did the Gary Mack song go again? Gar- was it? Oh, we love Gibaldi, yeah, Gibaldi, yeah, Gary Mack. And it goes on. You Mack, you Gary yeah. Mack. Oh, we love your Spurs penalty, Derby goal, your Barca goal and all that. Yeah, uh, mate, I'm standing on the above row above him. I looked down at him and Gary, I fucking love you, and he kissed his head. Kissed, <laughs> kissed his moldy head. He made took the photo. He hasn't got the photo of me kissing him, just like, we're both smiling. And he walked away and went, you know what you just done? <laughs> no, nah, he just kissed his head. What are you yeah. doing? I'm like, I don't know. I don't you, know give him the, you give him the full bar test. <laughs> oh, mate, lad, if it would have been Lionel Messi, I wouldn't have been that excited, honestly. <laughs> oh, anyway, I'm going a bit off on a tangent there, but um, great the story memories, all the same, mate. Yeah, man, they're the kind of memories that you you know that stick with you. You know these kind of things when you're growing up, and you know, God, we've had to kind of live in the shadow for 25 years. We need to be honest of Manchester United. They were they were a, they were a titan of a football club. They still are. They're a massive, massive football club. They won title after title and after title, chipping away. And our league titles, which we were very, very proud of, mate. It's the first time, actually, probably the second time, my lifetime, where we go there, probably being the favourites. Good. You there, fella? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just, I'm thinking that one of the stats that I was reading, I was trying to look look up for it, but um, we have the the lowest, like, win percentage of, like, a 
you can call it like a classico, I guess. Uh, even like you know, Barcelona has a better win percentage in the at Bernabeu than we do at, at Old Trafford. And I, I think like last year, even we, we probably had a really good shot to to win the to win there. And yeah. I think that, that was sort of the turning point of the title because that was our game. That was our game in hand, and it kind of I mean. To, to go away with nothing and, and especially because there was so much chaos in the first 45 minutes yeah. where uh, they had they had to use all three subs on injuries just kind of changed the whole flow of the game. I think there was only like one shot on target and it was Sturridge yeah, like 70th minute or something like that but yeah w- without a doubt this is a, a, the best chance. I was reading a, a really good article about uh, you know we can't we got to go in there Treating them like any other team and not Manchester United, which is was like the most interesting uh, take on it that I had heard because it really is. It's more than just a game, and United are capable of playing well even in a crappy season against us just because it is that game, and uh, they'll they'll want to do everything to to put us away and to rain on our parade. And I mean, we've got I think it's the best start to the season if we win. Um, that we've had, which would be nine straight games. Uh, we'll tie the win record for 18 straight wins. So there's a lot of, at stake, and, and United would absolutely love to kickstart their season against us and kind of ruin the, the great start that we've had. But this is also a really good opportunity just to sack another one of their managers for the second year in a row. Huge mates, I think. Gordo brings a good point there. It's... As I just said before, 20 years maybe where Liverpool were trying to be the party spoilers. We were trying to be the party poopers because we had nothing to play for because we were shit, a lot of it. And we were just trying to stop United winning the league, just beat United so they don't win the league. Now the shoe's on the other foot. United want to beat Liverpool to show that they, we don't win the league. Is that kind of the testament of where United are right now? Um. Yeah, I think so. And uh, I came... Kind of into the fold, you know. I became a supporter in 2009, 2010, around there. So it was kind of, you know, with the whole Hicks Gillette fiasco, and we were down, in, you know, and we were kind of like reunited. Was, <laughs> if you now, just you know, it, support so, those then, fella. Fuck right, now you support those in the doldrums there, didn't you? Fair play to you. Yeah. Um, so that, that was like, you know, you, you would watch that match, and like, you know, maybe if we get a draw, or we do this, or you know, we at least play well, and we get a goal, we get something to cheer for. Um, that's all you was kind of hoping for. Um, but yeah, I think it's just one of those natural swings in any sports. You know, everybody goes through ups and downs. This is just one of those times where we're on our high, um, we're on our perch, and they're kind of at, um, low tide for them. And uh, I just hope that you know we don't. I hope we win, um, and, and we keep them down because. I mean, it'll suck because we win. You know, we'll probably get sacked. Uh, I think we just have to go in, and they're. Not the United of old, but we can go in there and we can put two and three past them like it's nothing, and it's just another game for us. That's how we have to look at it. Um, you know, they have what nine points out of eight matches so far this year. So mm-hmm. really, when you look at it, yeah, like they're they're united in name, but other than that, um, they're just another right now a mid-table team that we should be able to go on the road and take care of. Yeah, I think it brings a good point there, Jamie. They are 12th in the league, I believe. Um, I've watched every United game this season, and I do need to tell you one thing, mate. They're not very good. 
<laughs> and Liverpool do not lose to teams outside the top six. Um, I don't remember the last time we did. I'm sure someone might be able to pull it up for me as we speak. But I cannot remember Liverpool last last time they lost to a team outside the, outside the top six in the Premier League. I don't remember. United are 12 in the league. Palace in like 2017 or something like that. That's a fucking ridiculous stat. Ridiculous. I, I have to look it up. I can't, don't quote me on that one. <laughs> but yeah, we, lost, we, we lost to Chelsea the mid towards the end of April, but they were in the top six, of course. Um, right. I, I can't remember, to be honest, but um, Palace might be the shout, actually. But as I was saying, you know, the they are a 12th place team. Do Liverpool need to go out and treat them like a 12th place team? Well, you know, as we know, uh, form goes out the window in big games yeah. like this. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it, it doesn't matter if we're playing a 17th place United three three months into the season, never mind eight, nine games in, you know, eight games in. Um, I believe Klopp hasn't won at Old Trafford as well. No. None of these stats matter. And, you know... In a way, you know, I've, I've read a lot this week. These 12 days or whatever has, has given us the time to read every single article we can. Um, everybody seems to think that this game is going to be a nil-nil written all over it because United are obviously going to park the bus. Um, but, you know, Ole's at the wheel, so who knows? They might end up at Anfield up the M62. <laughs> um <laughs> I, everybody is saying nil nil. I, I, it could be a slaughtering. It could be a jammy one nil. It doesn't matter because form just evaporates in games like this. It's built up so much. These twelve days we've had waiting for this game, were the were the game on a Sunday, so it's just going to be built up to to high heaven. Um, so, I, I don't care how we win. I really don't. I, I couldn't agree more, Gordo. I come for you, mate. Um, where do you stand with Ollie Fella? I think he's in a tough spot. But I want to get this out. I don't think he's good enough. That's the first thing. I don't think he is a Premier League manager. Um, if he's a Premier League manager, mate, then because he scored a goal in Munich, I can't wait to see Div Ocherigi our manager in 20 years. Fucking get Ronnie Rosenthal in now. Fucking, mate. If you score winners in the European Cup family, Vladdy Smyce's phone must be off the hook. <laughs> I'm, you know, sorry, what I mean. I don't, you know, I'm not being disrespectful. I, I, you know, I feel sorry for him because I think he's walked in there and been dealt a bad hand. But I also think he's won the fucking lottery to land the Manchester United job. Oh yeah, well, I mean, he was. It, it really is not his fault. It's it's the management at, at United who clearly wanted Pochettino and. It was very evident that they were just going to use Ole until the end of the season and get rid of him, and and he just went on a tear. And I mean, they beat PSG in the Champions League, and then everyone just you know shit their britches and yep. and lost their heads out there and and gave him a pen. And I mean, I'm was it Rio Ferdinand in one of his uh, like Sky Sports videos? <laughs> get the paper like, out. Give him a pen. The table. Let him write how many numbers that he wants. Yeah, it's back, man. We're back, in it? Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's it like only seven or eight games, and that that they didn't drop points, and it just showed you how bad United have gotten and how bad they've fallen. That this like tiny little blip in up form just totally everyone lost their minds and gave them the job. I think, I mean, 
if if United put a piece of paper in front of you and said, here, you want to be the, the manager, even though you knew, A, your team's not good enough, B, it was just the, the shake of the, the barrel that pretty much catalyzed United going forward. I mean, it seemed like the players absolutely hated playing in the Mourinho. It seemed like Mourinho hated them. So just any, like, freshness kind of, kind of yeah. changed the whole game. And I, they looked at it way too quickly. And, uh, I mean, who's going to refuse the signature? So I agree with you. I think he got dealt a shitty hand. I also think that he did the right thing by, by putting his name on that, that dotted line and taking the job. But uh, he's definitely not ready. He's not good enough for United or what United used to be. Um, I don't even think he's that great of a manager, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, what can you do? If you're in his spot, like I said, I would I would have taken the job too. But, yeah, he's, he's, not, he's not a man for the job. Huge, man. I think he'd be, you know... I agree with God there, but I think there's two things with Oli that I always think about. Number one, he walked in there after Mourinho when Mourinho was going around hating everyone. And then he just went, hey, lads, do you know you're, you lads are really good at football? And if you pass the ball to each other, you'll score goals and things. It's really, really good. You know, you should try it. And that worked for a few months. Then when he found out, when he came up against teams who could organise against tactically, he's been found out. Now, people try and tell me with Oli if you give him time and things like that. I always try and refer back to the Brendan Rodgers' first season. It wasn't wonderful. It was pretty poor. But you could see he had a plan going forward. You could see what he was trying to do. You can, well, you know, we'll, you'd pick up results in certain games. Like, we played really well there. You could see what he was trying to do, get more get more out of Suarez and things like that. You know, he was trying to Correct, mate. Yeah. He was trying to get Joe Allen a bit more on the ball. You know, we just walked in and went, Carol, you're out your shit, and build the whole team around Suarez. I don't see a plan of what Ole's trying to do. I do not know. And I've watched them on United all season. I do not know what style they play. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, me either. And I think we talked last year, um, whenever he took over, that the, I think when he took over, they went 6-0. and It was against the lower-level clubs. And we were saying, you know, if you keep Mourinho around during that span and he goes 6 you know, then you can't fire him. Yeah. So, they, you know, so you kind of – you. Jumped a shark in the sense that, all right, we'll get him out, you know, after we beat him and Mourinho got fired. All right, then he comes in and gets a 6-0, which I think Mourinho would have went to maybe 5-1, and one, but then you couldn't fire him after that. So, I think it was um a false dawn, you know, and they were playing well. But, you know, it's like anything else. Like, um, you know, it's a fresh voice in a room. You play with a renewed energy and adrenaline, but eventually that adrenaline wears off. And you need to have a fallback plan in a way you're going to be able to play and a system you're going to be able to play. And um, right now it just seems like he doesn't know, um, like he doesn't know it's he doesn't know what to do with world class players. Maybe if he was at a a lower level club or a system would be more intact. But yeah, you got guys like Pogba and Rashford and all that. It's like he doesn't know how to manage them. And does he say, all right, we got you guys just make it happen, or do you have to play within a system? Which is uh, you brought up Brendan Rodgers. It was almost like that year we finished second. It was just Suarez was at the at that time, the best football player in the world. So it was like, you guys just go score 100 goals this year and we'll figure out the defense and we'll figure out a system later. Just go do what you do. And then, you know, when it doesn't work and you get rid of, you know, Suarez left and all that, now you're kind of like, fuck, like, now what? We don't have that player just to fall back on and say, you know, here, go make it happen. Um, so I don't know if he has a plan. Um, if he does, I mean, 
he hasn't shown it obviously this year, just the way they've been playing, and they're just it's almost at a point now where you would expect you look at your phone in the morning and you're checking scores and you're surprised if they get a positive result. Um the points they've dropped, you look at and pass just out of default, you know, they should beat these teams on their worst day. And now they're the ones getting beat. Um yeah, I think I think he's done. I think he's just lost in the sauce. Um and this weekend might be just the match to put him out of his misery. Mm. Jay, I think I think people were a bit, a bit blinded by his run. Um, I remember the games. The PSG game always gets renowned because that's when it all started. That was the it. PSG, that was it, yeah. Mate, the PSG game, they got battered. It was a goalkeeper mistake and they got the dodgiest penalty you'll ever likely to see, ever, to get. Now, people forget To be that. fair, they made it tough for us as well. Who? PSG yeah. made it tough. No, PSG made it tough for us as oh, well. I'm not saying, mate, I'm not saying they're a good side, but they got battered on their own patch by them. Yeah, go but ahead anyway. So, so they had a lucky penalty, and it's a goalkeeper mistake to go through. Fair enough. Who scored the other goal, by the way? Lukaku. That's another question altogether. Gone. His best results were Spurs away. They beat them one 0 I think Spurs had 17 shots on target. They had two. I think. I think things get. What I'm trying to say is, I think things get blinded. Right about what by what happened in that run, as as Pevel, just said, a lot of them were lower leagues. But I mean, going to going to Spurs and winning at Wembley at the time where they were really good at Wembley that last season, it's a great result. I'm not taking any of it away. My issue is is that what Man United fans don't realise, I think they are, they are starting to now, is that they've lost their bargaining chip with the Glazers. Because what's going to happen is, mate, the Glazers can go out and go, well, you wanted them, you asked for him, and he was shit. What are you talking yeah. about? We'll take a look at this now. But like us with Kenny Daglish. Very they much so. Go. They can look and go. But you were chatting in from the crowd. We listened to you. You wanted them to give him. He's shit. He was the second time now. Kenny wasn't great. Let's be fair. He wasn't great. And that's exactly what Manchester United have done. They've lost their bargaining chip. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with your um your comparison to, to Kenny's second stint. Um you know, obviously. I, I, I suggest United fans revere Ole pretty highly. Um, he won them the Champs League in the last minute against Bayern. Yeah, um, sure. But, you know, he, he's let's be honest here, he's managed Mould and Cardiff. St. Cardiff, down. And exactly. How did he do at Cardiff? Not very well. <laughs> um, but, you know, initially, like you said, the, the revival after the PSG game, you know... In a way, he was very much surviving on on steam, on um, on the adrenaline of, of getting uh, that that getting a, a legend of the club like we've seen with Kenny. That you know that that adrenaline, that momentum that comes just solely from the name. You know that that time is gone, and the same with Kenny. That time surpassed. Obviously, Kenny had a bit more time than, than Ole is getting right now, but. You know, the United of old had a philosophy. They they played it wide. They played attractive football. They were very much the way we are now, that never-say-die mentality. You know, United would always be getting goals in, yeah, the, yeah. in the 90th minute. But um, I, like I was saying earlier about the, the whole 12 days off thing, I, I, I read an article. It was a, I think it might have been a Sky Sports sources say, type deal. Um, they said that the United board will not sack Ole 
after the Liverpool game, even if they, even if he gets beat, even if he gets humiliated, um, because they're they're willing to take that one on the chin. However, in this article, it, it did say if he lost against Norwich at the end of the month, that's him done. So it just it just goes to show, like you know, you can only rely on on gas and and adrenaline for so long. You you need to have a plan in place. And you know, in comparison to Klopp, let's just say, you know, when when Klopp came into Liverpool, we didn't have the embarrassment of riches that uh, that that they almost have, mm-hmm. you know. But um, he had a philosophy. He like even when we lost or even when we drew. Remember, we who was it against? We'd done the the arm in arm and celebrated the fans. West Brom, yeah, West, West Brom. Brom, yep, and. You know, everybody took a piss out of us, but yep. you could tell that that was the beginning of it. That was our genesis under Klopp. Um, their genesis against PSG seems like a lifetime ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll put a little bow on it uh, on the skull show. I want to get one word answers, guys. Okay, uh, who to come to you first? If Liverpool give them a hiding, and I'm talking a, a three, four, five nil win. Is he out the door? Yes or no? Yes I or think, no? Yes. No? Oh, thank yes. you. Jamie? No. God? Yes. I'm a yes as well. I don't think you can cope with it. Um, I don't think you can come back from it. Um, right, lads, let's get the team news. Who should come to you first, fella? We've got the second best goalie in the world coming back into our team because I had the first best goalie in the world. <laughs> Super Cup winner. <laughs> <laughs> the Super Cup winner, Adrian. Sounds better than the European Cup, the Super Cup winner. Uh, ah, man, Adrian. But no, on a serious note, Hooch, how good is it to have the big man back? Oh, it's, it's perfect. And especially in a match like this, um, as good as Adrian was, it's one of those things where there were still some sketchy moments. Um, it's just going to be nice to have, you know, Allison's going to be back in just commanding that back line and him and Virgil will have that understanding and hopefully um from us reading Joel will be back in this. Um so mm-hmm. in a match like this it's good to just have that continuity back and that familiarness, um fam- familiarity and yeah it's it's a, the perfect time for him to come back uh is this week. Yeah. Uh Jamie Rooks, yeah you mentioned Matt coming back up the one thing I do want to mention about the time of this Allison comeback Jay is that he can play him once a week because you can trust Adrian now. So, for example, you can go out and play him against United, and then you can bring Adrian back in for the game if he wanted to. Um, because he has that flexibility. Liverpool should be able to go to game with Adrian in goal and get three points. Um, and then you can play him against Spurs and um, Allison. And then for Arsenal in the League Cup, you'd expect Adrian to come back in as well. So you're easing him back into fitness. Don't you just love that luxury? That's it's amazing, isn't it? That's it's something. Amazing. That's something we've not been able to do since Brad Friedel times. You know what I mean? Yeah, James and Friedel, one in, one out. Yeah, that's that's incredible. You know that that's literally how far we're talking. We're talking two decades ago. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's unbelievable. He he's a great stand-in keeper. He's fantastic, and nobody would have said that <laughs> before he signed. You know, mate. I, I like. Liverpool fan, you know, goes all Liverpool went eight eight games in the league, of course, winning. We beat Leipzig in the Champions League, we won the Super Cup with them. 
I think, he, uh, you know, I, I know he's like 33 now, I believe, but goalkeepers making goals to 37, 38 quite easy. And I'm quite happy to have Adjian on the bench for the next four or five years. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, and then by that time, you would expect that the two young kids that they've got coming up the ranks that both look look pretty good. I mean, uh, the one kid made his start in the the League Cup, and he's already got as many clean sheets as Adrian. So, um, <laughs> it's uh, it, it's promising times. I, I I could you have picked a better a better scenario for us to have? I mean, when he comes in, it's like. Oh yeah, you know I, I liked what he did uh, with West Ham, and he was a decent goalie, but I uh, didn't really expect much from him. And then Allison goes down with an injury, and you're thinking, "Oh crap!" already in the beginning of the season. But I mean, he's done fantastically. If if you do need, you know, Allison goes needs a little bit more time, and he's not feeling 100. percent It's really nice that uh, the goalkeeping position is not one that we have to worry about. And like Jamie said, it, it, we haven't been able to do that for a decade at least. I mean, even even when Pepe Reina was in that, it still wasn't, you know, it was either Pepe or, or nothing. So mm. we didn't have too much of a, a, a solid option in the back there. So it's very nice. It's it's relaxing. Yeah. Pooch uh, might see it the best keeper in the world. We got Joel coming back, as you mentioned before. We'll uh... I think Liverpool are probably as full strength as can be. I think Marnie had a week off, or maybe 10 days off. I think Salah's at the same. Um, Milner, of course, Oxley chamberlain These guys have all been at Melwood training and getting their fitness back, which is just awesome news for Liverpool. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those situations where, like, you know, I'm sure we might, we'll probably get into, like, you know, our lineup predictions, but the front three picks himself in the midfield. It's an embarrassment of riches. It's how do you want to play? Who do you want to? Who do you want to play? Um, what system do you want to play? And then you just you know, Jeannie had a great international break with two goals, um, which is I don't know. He plays a a certain role for us, but you have to look when he goes back mm. and uh, plays for the Netherlands. He plays in more advanced roles, and it seems like every time you look up, he's getting a goal. He's getting an assist. He's involved in the attack. So that's just maybe. Maybe that's an ace in the uh, an ace in the hole for Klopp coming. You know, he could just hold on to it just in case something happens injury wise. That you could place Genie up in that more advanced role. Um, but yeah, it's, it's almost just like you just you could throw all the names in the hat, pick out eleven names, and be like, all right, and we're gonna win this week. Um, it, it's a it's something to be almost too deep at every position, and you don't have much of a drop off. Um, maybe outside of uh, Bobby, because just what he brings to the table in terms of our pressing and his assist and his work rate. Um, he's technically a number nine, but he's he's probably the most integral part of that club. Uh, just everything he does. But everywhere else, you can just plug and play players, and you wouldn't hardly miss a beat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jay, fellow, we'll come on to United, mate. Can you could. If I said to you, could you name your starting eleven? Could you get eight players right? <laughs> uh, I could get I could get their back four and a keeper. Well, like I could get their back back three of the back four well, and a keeper. So we'll go through it. Romero's probably going to play because we know the hay is injured, which is a wonderful thing for Liverpool, of course. You Romero's got Slabhead and Basako. Will, will Basako play though? Because he's been injured. So say Basako's in, Maguire's in, Lindelof. Will be in. 
Ashley Young will play left back probably because <laughs> <laughs> Luke Shaw's injured. Uh, midfield, he's got Scott McTominay, yeah, Pereira, and Matic, and then striker options are Daniel James, Marcus Rashford, and one matter. That probably is starting eleven. I'd guess. Now, Juan Pesaka wasn't fit last time out. I don't think he played Dalau. Yeah, he did play Dalau against Newcastle. Um, so I'm not sure if he's back. Um, so we might have to play Dalau again as a fullback. What I'm trying to get at is, mate, if I said to you two years ago that that's going to be a Manchester United side, you would have laughed at me, wouldn't you? Well, first of all, I would have asked who the hell is Scott McCormick. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean you're you're completely right. It's it's a mad state of affairs. There, but on the same hand, it would be typical United for De Gea to be fine and for Pogba to be fine. The Pogba one, yeah, man, the Pogba uh, one, bro. When even, he said that he even had if smear. even if they're fine, I think United play better without Pogba because. Mm. <sighs> He seems to be, when he's on the pitch, he seems to think he's Jack the Lad, like he could do everything, trying to play balls diagonally into the corner flag. And, I, you know, I think I think he's wasted in that team. Um, never mind his personality or whatever. I honestly believe they play better without him just because of his arrogance on the pitch. Um, but you're completely right. Like, they're, to have Ashley Young... Still on that squad, I'm pretty sure every United fan out there would agree with me. Is a crime in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, you know what, mate? I feel sorry for him, you know, because he's a right winger playing left back, and he's the captain of the club. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's another fact, by the way. Let's can we just have a little five seconds to think about that? Ashley Young's their captain. That's so. ridiculous. Um, God, I know we're making jokes about this and. Listen, United made jokes about putting photos for 25 years. Might have deserved the jokes, to be honest. Whether Liverpool win, lose or draw at Old Trafford this weekend, they are still in a horrific shape, aren't they? Oh, yeah. This this would only paper over the, the giant chasms that are, are at the club. I mean, they the, the whole foundation is corrupted. And honestly, it, it's been that way for a long time. I mean, the, the team that Ferguson won the the EPL title with in his last season it was poor yeah oh god it was it was awful when you look at that yeah. team how the hell did this team win the EPL I mean I think you've said it before on a podcast the only team that could have been worse than that is the Bren, the Brennan Rodgers team yeah. had we won it might have been the worst squad to win an EPL title yeah. in the in the last twenty five years or so but yeah that's it, it's something like Ferguson pretty much just handed uh, just a dumpster fire that was ready to go, and and it's just been passed around from manager to manager as no one can really put the brakes on it. And I think really it's it, it's all down to them focusing more on their their global identity rather than their club, and they've kind of just assumed that they'd always be up there and they'd always attract the right players and. Turns out that you actually need results and you need trophies to do that, and and now they're they're left holding the holding the flaming pile of garbage. <laughs> the flaming pile of garbage. 
Pooch, coming to you, fella, with a question. I, I keep running over my mind for the last few days. Would you take a draw now? Um, no, not this week. Really? Good, man. No, just uh, no, not the way it's going because that would ju- it, it's we're you know in the standings it wouldn't be terrible, but for the mentality of everybody, it it would just feel like ah we still can't get over that hurdle. But no matter how bad United is, we can't get that win at their place. Um, no, I th- no this week we need to go in and we need to win. Um, and then if you want to. Settle for a draw in the upcoming weeks, a few matches, you know, the matches we have coming up, okay, but not this week, not against United. Um, no, that just gives them, you know, no matter what we do the rest of the year, um, that, that just gives them a satisfa- the satisfaction of we couldn't go into their place and beat them. And I think uh, for what our goals are for this year, um, we need to be able to go to Old Trafford and get three points, whether it's 1-0, 5-0, 5-4. Um, we have to go in there and get a win. Mm. Uh, Jay, do you know what, fella? I'll take a draw, you know. I'm a shit out, Charlie. I'm no, a... I, I get it. You know, I, I completely... I... Right, I, I... Listen, fella, right, I, I need to put a bit of context on why I'm saying this. I never Liverpool doing the double over United in about 03, I think. They finished 20 points ahead of us. It doesn't matter. As long as you get the big shiny thing at the end, which is all that counts. Goal to Old Trafford, mate, it's still hard. Yes, Palace beat them this year, but it was a goalkeeper mistake again, right? And goal context has to be put on to these kind of things. Liverpool, of course, of course, would love to beat United. Of course, it's the greatest day in the world when you beat United at Old Trafford. But in the context of things, a draw is not an awful result. I think the key is that we need to remember if Liverpool do draw, our heads should just not fall off. No, not at all. Even if we lose, we're still going to be top of the league. And, you know, everybody uh, gives me a hard time about celebrating so uh, vicariously um, about being on top of the league at this early stage of the game. I'm not celebrating the fact that this is our year. I haven't said that. I've never said that, I don't think. Or maybe I have. I can't. I mean, somebody would probably (laughs) fact check me. Go back dating all my Facebook posts and all that, but you know, I, I'm I'm not on that boat just yet. Um, but regardless, if we lose, we're still top of the league. I, that nothing will stop me celebrating on top of the league. The day that I stop celebrating Liverpool top of the league, just shoot me, just just put me out of my happiness, because uh, I'll die a happy man. We'll be five points clear. Big big deal. Who cares? Eight points, five points. We're still top of the league. This season's different than last season. I can't remember eight games in how many games we drew last season. I know we had a couple of we were we were we seven unbeaten last year. I can't remember. Can't but remember. the fact is, I'll if we win, lose or draw, I, even though I think we will win, whether it's a a scrappy one nil, a last minute penalty, it'll do lovely, just like James Milner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think a, a win's on the cards here, but I get—I totally get your standpoint because you're not alone. A draw, a draw would be lovely at Old Trafford. Um, it would be great because we could almost antagonise United a little bit, and if a draw even sparks a little bit of a revival against them, 
maybe they'll take points off City whenever they play them. I can't remember when they play them, but you know, that's another game that um, form goes out the window. You know, a huge local derby like that. Yeah, United exactly. have potential to take points off City. Um, I I just think that we have an answer for the Jose tactic of sitting behind the ball, which inevitably is going to happen on Sunday. They can put 10 men behind the ball. We're going to find a way. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, God, I come to you. Did he, uh, you know, the draw thing, it is a it is a thing I'm thinking about. And, you know, I, again, the key is Liverpool fans, as soon as Liverpool drop results, go like, oh, no, that's it. You know, like, that's the fucking end of the world and things like that. I think we need to put some context on things. God, I'm going to give you the scenario, okay? And this is another one I've been mulling over and I'm coming to you first, okay? All right. We go to United. They've been playing Spurs. This is all in the league. Spurs. Villa away, City at home. If I offered you eight points clear now, would you take it? After eight points after all those? After City. If I offered you eight points clear after City, would you take it? Oh, yeah. Because that, that's... By that time, I think eight, eight is a really good chunk. Because that's... What, what is that? That would be like 14 12, games, games in. 13 games. Yeah. Yeah, I would take eight. Could you... I mean... Think about it in the context of this, because right now we're, we're so hot that I think that we just want to keep winning games. But before any ball was kicked this season, if you just said, you know, 14 games in, you're eight points up, would you take it? Of course you would take it. I mean, that's yeah, a that's a hell of a dent. So, yeah, I think I'd take it. And the reason why I'm saying that is huge, guys, is why I'm coming to you. Is that Liverpool could lose at Old Trafford. It is, it's not unheard of that Liverpool can lose at Old Trafford, right? Say the point then that right. what I'm trying to get at is what I'm trying to get at is, is that the points can go down to five points, but if you go on and win every other game and beat City, we're still eight points clear. So would you take being eight points clear after City? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> no, you definitely would. It's just it's how you you said that like the how we're playing in a streak we're on, you don't want to see it end and you don't want to see it end this weekend against that club. I get and I get that. I understand it. But, I mean, we, we need to put context on things. You need to put the rivalry aside and know what's a good result or not. Oh, no. I mean, yeah, no. I, I would take eight points clear after City. Yeah, if you said we if you, if you said we lose United this weekend, but we win the trophy at the end of the season, oh, by all means. I'm, exactly. I'm all in on that. Mm. Yeah, I am. Um, right, Jay, I'll come to you, fellow. Would you take being eight points clear after City? If you if you told me at the start of the season that we'd only lose one game and it would be against United and we'd win the league by two points or by a point or by bloody goal difference, I'd snap <laughs> your arm off a hundred percent of the time. Like, yeah, it's a it's a huge rivalry. It's the biggest game in global sports. Um, <laughs> by all means, I'd I'll, I'd take the loss here and you know we're just we're just paying lip service to united and of course the the fact is they're due um a hard i keep yeah. saying this no the jew the jew are fucking beating up a lifetime the jew coming in late from prom kind of beating like yep and um, and liverpool makes it look like with the prime ready to do it and i'm not saying that we can't do it i think liverpool's got in the first 10 
you, as a, a bit of a British saying here, guys, it could be a cricket score. Like, if Liverpool score in the first 10, it could be six or seven. And I'm not just saying that in, like, you know, maybe so, you know, if some buts, Liverpool are that good, but you can put six or seven past anyone in the world. And with this defence, mate, you just never know. But, good. I'm coming on to you, fella. I want your score prediction in one word. Score prediction. 3-1, Liverpool. Of course. Huge. 4-0, Liverpool. <laughs> good, man. Jay's go out, fella. Scrappy one nil. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Scrappy two one. I just don't think it can be that bad anymore. I just I think you have to put in some kind of effort soon, and it is what it is. But we'll put a little bow on the reds for now. Good. We'll come on to our uh, looks like our kind of only rivals for the league this year is Man City. Um, if you fucking said to me, mate, after an international break, let's check them fixtures. What Saturday night in Crystal Palace? Oh fuck me, I don't fancy that. Yeah, but now, now it looks like one of the games of the week. Besides, you know, if Liverpool weren't playing United, this would be the game that everybody tunes in on. I mean, I'm glad it comes on the Saturday because it gives us something to, to watch, and and that's nervy. Palace are they've got that amazing record of of all those away wins. Obviously, it is at home, but uh, they're like the last team to beat United away. They're the last team to beat Spurs away. They're the last team to beat. Um, Liverpool away. Liverpool, yeah, yeah. So they've got this. They they they're giant killers on their day. And what I've said is, it looks like finally that the first couple of weeks, uh, Wilfred Zaha looks like he was hadn't really believed that he was still a Palace player, and he's finally woken up and he's starting to cause a lot of trouble. And honestly, you give him five or six chances, and he's going to start really frustrating some defenses and. That's really the weak spot right now for City. And they keep getting the ball to them and, and they've got some speed and, and they've also got a lot of uh, a lot of height in the defense. So set pieces which City have kind of been spectacular of of late. And I don't know, I think that they could they can make things really nerve wracking. I just hope that it's raining and it's freezing. <laughs> oh, I want that rain coming down like you've never seen it. I want the steady old typical British rain, what you lads think. That's what I want. Give me a bit of that. Hooch, I'm coming to you, fella. I can't wait to see Zaha have a running race with Fernandinho chasing the ball down. Oh, I know. It's, um, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, it, it seems like every poor result City get in every, you know, like this weekend or, you know, our last match, we get a, a PK winner in the 90th minute. It's like, we started talking about it last season that we're living in Pep's head, and, and you know he's gonna eventually like he's gonna throw his hands up and say, "For fuck's sake, what could like what do we have to do to put this team away?" Yeah. Um, I think if Palace get a result, even a draw, and we take three against United, he has to look at it and just say, "For fuck's sake, like we're done, or not <laughs> done, but like like what can we like like what like, this just isn't the year because." Where the injuries are broken and the, just the fluke results. Um, and yeah, Palace, you know, we even talked about Palace last year. They should be a team better than what, what they're standing say they should be. And uh, I, it would be great on Saturday to see Palace even still a point. And then we go ahead and get, you know, if Palace holds a point and then we draw, you know what I mean? It's the same. Point there, it would be awesome. It, it would be fantastic. Well, 
house money, basically. Yeah. Um, Jay, I'll come to you, fella. Palace are fourth in the league. Um, sorry, fifth. Uh, oh, sixth in the league. Sorry. They should have went fourth in the league if they played West Ham. They lost to West Ham. No, they beat West Ham. What am I talking about? They fucking hell, me heads up my ass. I can't remember the game. They're sixth in the league. Fact. Right. <laughs> to wrap it. I think they're a point. They're a point off third. I think. On, uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, they're a point off third. Um, they've had a good start. They've only lost two out the first eight. I can definitely, definitely see them getting something out of this game. And I think they would be disappointed at Selhurst Park not to get something out of this game. They're just... Uh, they're a vibrant team, you know? Like, they, 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 their position doesn't lie, you know what I mean? Yeah. At this, even at this stage of the of the season, their their position doesn't lie, and you know, bringing it bringing it back to United wouldn't have been great if Zaha, ex United player, got a goal against them, and <laughs> and just one more thing on on United, uh, and Go I'm on, not man. I'm not trying to throw you under the bus here, but uh, did anybody see the tweet about Rashford getting the goal of the month? Oh yeah, oh, the, yeah. the yeah. untrue, the untrue that was, tweet. That was fucking brilliant. Oh, brilliant! But, brilliant. It's, but it's not true, apparently. Some, no. uh, but uh, it's still brilliant. Um, but wouldn't it just be great if if Zaha, the the ex United man, got a wee a wee sneaky winner for us? Mate, I'm all in on the Ben Teke train. I'm all in. <laughs> I, I paid me ticket, and I'm on the train for Ben Teke. I paid me ticket. I've got the. I've got me drink. I'm sitting there toasty for a Benteke winner. Here, uh, speaking of your drink, one second. Keep your drinks <laughs> in your hand, lads. We had to hear this for a mad one. Go on, fella. Benteke was the last Liverpool player to score from open play against United. The, the overhead mm. kick, right? Yeah. The overhead kick. That's at Old Trafford, isn't it? Because we scored yeah. there. Yeah, at Old Trafford. Or maybe it is just at Old Trafford, yeah. Yeah, Shaqiri last year and that, yeah. Yeah, yeah sure last season. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Christian, man. But I mean, Gordo, I've said it before and I've said it again. I say it on numerous podcasts. I'll probably say it at the end of this. They're fucking falling apart, City, aren't they? Oh, yeah. It's just one of those things that when you try and keep a team together for, for a long period of time, it's one of the things that you have to do that is very difficult, and I think actually, I hate to give him credit, but Ferguson did it really well, was yeah. to keep cycling players in. Even yeah. the alpha players, the guys that are all the way at the top and, and are your top dogs and your leaders, keeping those positions fresh, because basically what we've done at, at, at City is just held the same players in the same spot for five years. I mean, it's an aging squad. They're not as agile, and and their recovery times are have increased, and I think that's led to a lot of it. And I think too, when you when you're at the top, I mean, Hooch kind of touched on it a little bit. It's just like a, a natural ebb and flow of, of how these progressions take place, and mainly it's you you get kind of complacent when you're always at the top, and, and yeah. your beef kind of turns into cockiness, and that cockiness turns into uh, you forget that every game is visible and, and they're not, I don't think that they're falling apart so much as, as mm. they're, they're actually really worried about Liverpool. I think for the first time, 
they're looking at our results every week. And that's the only reason that I wish we played before them this week. Because if you take three points away at Old Trafford, a place that historically we haven't done very well at, and then it's over to you, City, against a, a Palace team more than capable on their day of beating any top six team. I think that's that's the kind of thing that, that takes those screws and loosens them a little bit and the wheels start to fall off. Mm, and the, the reason why I say the falling apart is huge, and I think it gets to a stage, right, where you can only be that perfect for so long where the lads just go, fucking give me a break, will you? Just fucking say. Like, it's that kind of thing where, to me, it looks like perfect. He's so intense and he's such a perfectionist that he doesn't, he loves to control the football match. So what I'm getting at is just that, with me, if this was, I, I, if I was the coach of City right now, I'd play three at the back. I'd go, my attack's better than anyone's attack in the world. We'll score five, you'll score three. And, he'll, and we'll have a mad one. But let's just have a bit of it. Let's have a basketball match for six months until they get Laporte out. And nine times out of ten, <laughs> I'll win a lot. And, you know, but he's such a perfectionist, mate, that he can't change his ways. I think it's absolutely stressing his head, Pooch. And I don't know how he gets around it. Yeah, I think, no, you're for sure right on that. Um, like, they feel like, yeah, if they don't have a clean sheet and if they don't win by four goals every match, it's almost like they lost. Um, mm. Even the standings, they know they still got three points. But if you don't go out there and put on a show and you're passing the ball all around the pitch and you're doing this and doing, back, flicking people on and backhilling this, and, you know, if you win 1-0, it's like, ah, we won, but it's still lost because that's not how we play. And like you said, eventually that message gets lost on players. It's like, for fuck's sake, we're doing everything we can with what we have. Like, just be happy with the result. Um, you don't win or lose the league in a single game, um, especially this early in the season. And it's just like, for those players, it's almost like how much is – you know, we're doing our best, but how much is our best not good enough for you? Like, we're running through the, we're running our ass off. And if you get, you know, if you win 1 0, it's the same as winning 5 0. You know, it's three points, it's three points. And you have to wonder where the players are just like, all right, enough, like, what's a fucking break? Because, you know, as injured, this guy's out. We're doing, it's a makeshift back four and just like, just be, you know, we're doing what we can for you. Like, just take your breath for a second and just like let us play and let us win and be okay with that and don't always chastise us if we're not perfect mm, Jay I'll, uh, a little last little one on this one you just won the FA Cup final you've won a domestic treble you've fucking scored a hat-trick you've won 6-0 in the FA Cup final and you're trying to give Raheem Sterling pointers into the last game of the season in your celebrations Is it, this man's a fucking lunatic isn't he <laughs> <laughs> You've won 6 0 in the FA Cup final. You scored an attack. You won a domestic treble. You've had your greatest ever season. And he's more than that. You're on positions when he's trying to get a drink of champagne. Give me <laughs> a fucking break, will you? You know, as you're saying that, I just put my. I just closed my eyes while you were talking and just. You started saying, I just scored a hat trick in the FA Cup final. And I was thinking, great, fantastic, life's brilliant. And then your manager comes over and starts giving you an absolute bollock and. Like, what, what is going, th- what is going through the little snake's mind? You know, it, it's a good job 
Guardiola has no hair because if he had a strand on top of that big baldy head, he'd be pulling it out. Oh, mate. <laughs> like, oh, mate. But anyway, right, one word answers again, lads, Gordo. I'm flying to your first, right? Will Palace get something of Man City? Yes or no? Uh, heart says yes. We'll take the heart. Hooch? Yes. Jay, make it a full house for me. I'm praying, yes. It's a full house, right, lads? Any other business? No, I did look up the last uh, uh, outside the top 16 we lost. It was Swansea City in January of 2018. Fuck me. But before that, it was... Oh, no, it was Alfie Mawson winner, I think, yeah? Yeah, yeah, it was only one nothing. Yeah, because they did the double over us that year. BBC yes, the yeah, they did in January. 2-1. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, right, lads, we'll end it there. Look, how, look what Hoosiers give us. Look how far we've come. Look where we are now. We're the greatest team in the world. Look at us. Drink it in. Breathe it in. Jade the back. Finally. Hooch the fucking back, the lads. Tra-la-la-la-la. Mate, I want to <laughs> fucking see them every day. I want to fucking see them. I want to know what they're doing. I want to see them on social media. I just want to look at them. Yep. Never mind the wives. I want to look at them and go, you're so, fucking yeah, perfect. How, how about Mo? How about Mo his daughter? Was that yesterday the day before? With my man. How great is like that? My man's living his best life right there. Mate, <laughs> how great I, is I, that? Mate, I wanted to be fucking Moana's sickle. I wanted to be in his hand, him holding me, <laughs> caressing me. Right. That's that every, everybody. Okay. Everybody. Right now is just having fun, and they're just, and it, it all comes down from the that's what that's the atmosphere the clock promotes. Look Be at the yourself on, and you know what I mean. Like just go out and win, just fucking win. Right, look at the cafe, look at him, look what he's done, look what he's done. Look at this fucking team that he has. Look at the hand he got dealt. We had fucking Mario Balotelli still up front. <laughs> look at this, with the fucking envy of the world. There's not one player in my lifetime for the first time that would out that United squad, which would get in Liverpool's. They're all shit. Everyone's <laughs> shit. They're all shit. <laughs> look at them. Oh, Liverpool are setting. Oh, my God. Look at them. They're setting these records. You can't just say that. No, no, I can't. They're shit. <laughs> Everyone's shit. We will beat them all this year. If Liverpool, honestly, look at us. Guys, we need to think about it a lot more. Have a good thing to yourselves. You go on. We go on Facebook. You might put the wrong stat up. You might get shouted at because that's the only thing we have to moan about. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing I can find to moan about at the moment is that Gini and Adams only rated 83 on fucking FIFA. It's the only <laughs> thing I can find. No, that <laughs> is a travesty, though. Mate, it's Joe Massive's 82 at 63 pace. It's a fucking sacrilege. <laughs> he might run like Bambi, but he's fucking quicker than that. <laughs> Look at us. We're the greatest team in the world. We're going to the worst Man United side since 87. And they were fucking shocking. And I tell you right now, mate, not only are we going to beat them, we're going to hide them. We're going to give them a hiding. Then we're going to go and fucking beat Spurs because I'm at the game. And we're going to go and fucking beat Spurs. And then we're going to go and beat Villa. And we're going to beat City. And there's no one fucking better than us. Up the Reds. Keep being unbearable in a bit, lads. Happy days. Up the Reds. Cheers, mate.